Welcome to the weekly message from Upper Room Community Church in Vaughan. We hope that this message will help you grow in your faith and provide practical ways to strengthen your relationships. For more information, visit us at upperroom.ca. Today from the book of Second Chronicles, chapter thirty-four. When Josiah was eight years old, he became king, and he reigned Jerusalem thirty-one years. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and followed the ways of his father David, not turning aside to the right or to the left. In the eighth year of his reign, while he was still young, he began to seek the God of his father David. In his twelfth year, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem of high places, pools, asherah pools, and idols. Under his, under his direction, the altars of the Baals were torn down. He cut to pieces the incense altars that were above them and smashed the asherah pools and idols. The eighteenth year of Josiah's reign, to purify the land of the temple, he sent Shaphan, son of Azilah and Messiah, the ruler of the city, with jo- with Joah, son of Joaz, the recorder, to repair the temple of the Lord, his God. Wh- while they were bringing out the money that had been taken into the temple of the Lord, Hilkiah, the priest, found the book of the law and the Lord that had been given through Mo- Moses. Hilkiah said to Shaphan, the secretary, I have found the book of the law in the temple of the Lord. He gave it to Shaphan. Then Shaphan took the book to the king and reported to him, Your officials are doing everything that has been committed to them. They have paid out the money and that was in the temple of the Lord and have entrusted it to the supervisors and workers. Then Shaphan, the secretary, informed the king, Hilkiah, the priest, has given me the book. And Shaphan read it from it read from it in the presence of the king. When the king heard the words of the law, he tore his robes. He gave these orders to Hilkiah, Ahikam, son of Shaphan, Abdon, son of Micah, Shaphan, the secretary, and Azahiah, the king's attendant. Go and inquire of the Lord for me and for the remnant of Israel and Judah about what is written in this book that has been found. Great is the Lord's anger that is poured out on us because those who have gone before us have not kept the word of the Lord. They have not acted in accordance with all that that is written in this book. Then the king called together all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem. He went up to the temple of the Lord and with the people of Judah, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the priests and Levites, all the people from the least to the greatest. He read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant, which had been found in the temple of the Lord. The king stood by his pillar and renewed the covenant in the presence of the Lord to follow the Lord and keep his commands, statutes, and decrees with all his heart and soul, and to obey the words of the covenant written in this book. This is God's word. Thank you, Taylor. Sorry that the words couldn't be on the screen for you, Um, but they did a great job even with all those names. That's the thing that happens with the Old Testament, I guess. Yeah, give them a round of applause. 
That's what happens with the Old Testament. Happened last week too, all these names. But um, I am a big fan of the Old Testament. So when Pastor VJ told me that we were doing a summer series called Old School, learning from those who have gone before um, about Old Testament stories and characters, I was very excited because I still remember the first time um, someone told me that there were signs or clues about Jesus in the Old Testament. I like read the Bible and it was kind of like a little Bible scavenger hunt. Um, so I would go through it and be like, oh, maybe that means like something about Jesus. And so parents, if you have trouble getting your kids to read the Bible, in particular the Old Testament, um, you can just tell them to find Jesus in the Old Testament and maybe that will make it fun because it sure made it fun for me. Um, yeah, I'm so excited to be with you here today. If you don't know me, my name is Kate. Um, I am the pastor of family and youth at Upper Room here and I've been here, uh, I just had my one year anniversary actually a few months ago, so yay! <laughs> Yeah, so it's been good. It's been fun. So, uh, as you know, we have everyone in the service today. So, kids, um, I want you to listen very closely because there are some things that you are going to have to do to help me out with our Bible story today. As you heard, we are um, learning about a man. His name is King Josiah, and he's probably one of my favorite characters from the Old Testament. I tend to like the neglected stories, and though Josiah is an important story, he's not always talked about at church, and so I particularly love him, Love him, uh, but more so because he was a little boy. He became king at eight years old, and because I'm a youth and family pastor, obviously I have a heart for youth and children, and so um, I really love this story. And what amazes me about this story is that Josiah was actually a king who followed God wholeheartedly. Um, his nation did not have the best history of people that followed God with their whole hearts. Actually, at this time, um, the kingdom of Israel had been split into two. There was the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah. Um, Josiah is from Judah, the actual, the same place that um, David, King David was from. And of the 20 kings in Judah that reigned from the time of the split till the exile of all of Israel, um, of the 20 kings, there was only eight good ones. And Josiah is actually one of those eight. And what is crazy about Josiah is that he actually has a bit of an underdog story. Um, first of all, because his father and his grandfather before him were not very good examples of what it meant to follow God. Uh, they were both very evil, in fact. In fact, his father was so bad that his own people conspired against him and killed him. And this happened when Josiah was only eight years old. And so Josiah, as the king's son, was the next one to come in line. So he became king at eight years old. And so um, our kind of thing that I want to encourage you with today is that the reason that I love the story of Josiah is that Josiah is a really great picture of how God can do amazing things with just one person. All right, so there you have it. Uh, Josiah is amazing because he becomes a king at eight years old. At the age of 16, so eight years after he became king, he begins to seek the Lord. And actually in 2 Chronicles 34, it'll be up on the screen for you, uh, it says that he did what was right in the sight of the Lord and walked in the ways of his ancestor David. He did not turn aside to the right or to the left. For in the eighth year of his reign, while he was still a boy, so when he was 16, he began to seek the God of his ancestor David, and in the twelfth year of his reign, when he was twenty years old, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem of the high places, the sacred poles, and the carved and cast images. 
So by the age of 16, Josiah is pursuing God with his whole heart, and by 20, he's making sure that God is the only God who is worshipped in Judah. And he goes about destroying um, all the places of idolatry in the nation of Israel. Now, kids, do any of you know what idolatry means? Anyone? Yes. Yeah, worshipping an idol. So basically, idolatry, thanks, Joel, is when you put something else in God's place. So for these people, we actually learned about this at day camp. These people um, would sometimes worship the sun, they would worship the sea, they would worship war or fertility, and they would build carven images of wood or stone or even metal, and they would bow down and worship them and pray to them, hoping that these things, these inanimate objects, could somehow save them. Um, And so Josiah went about destroying all traces of this in his nation. And this is actually one of the signs that Israel kind of um, said, if you're a good king, you will do things like this. You will follow God only. You will destroy, you will try to rid Israel of idolatry, and you'll be faithful to God's covenant. And we'll see today that Josiah actually does all three of those things. We've already seen he starts following God at a young age, and now he's destroying the idols. He's leading the people of God by making sure that they follow him the way that they're supposed to. It's an incredible story of bravery and devotion and a whole heart that is given over to God. It's so cool to see from the story of Josiah what God can do with someone when they give give him their whole heart. Now, you might um, have listened to this story when uh, Bree and Jasper read it, or you might have been watching the video and be like, oh, this is such a beautiful story. Uh, It's really cool. The Bible's full of lots of good stories, but I'm not really sure how this is relevant to me because maybe most of you in this room are probably not eight. I'm certainly not. I'm 28. I know I look 19. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Um, But, and so you're probably not eight. And you're also probably not a king because monarchs these days, if they exist, are usually just kind of like uh, figureheads. Uh, So, but for example, say maybe um, you could become prime minister. I'm pretty sure that Justin Trudeau is not in this room today. If he is, that's awesome. But um, most of us are not in these positions of absolute authority where we could influence an entire nation. So what does this story have anything to do with us? And this is what I want um, to reveal to you today. When we do children's ministry every week, we have this thing called a big picture point. And so this is our big picture point for the story of Josiah today. It is that if you want God, if you want to change the world, then you need to let God change your heart. Because it wasn't necessarily because Josiah was a king or because he was eight that he was able to change his nation. It was actually because he let God transform his own heart. And so he, that made him able to transform his nation. God was able to work through him. And so if we want to have an impact in our community, in our family, with people we know, then we need to first let God change us. And then through us, God will be able to change the world. And there are three main ways that we can do that. So three kind of sub-points that I want you all to remember. And the first one is this. Kids, um, you guys should have gotten a crown in your bags. I want you to take them out if you haven't taken it out yet. You can decorate those throughout the sermon if you like. But we gave you these crowns because the first point I want to tell you, and this is not just for the kids, so like maybe kids you can lend your crown to your parents sometimes or your aunts and uncles or your friends that are adults because they need to know this too, that you can actually wear your crown at any age. It does not matter how old you are or how young you are. God can use you at any age. And Josiah is a beautiful picture of that. How many of you in this room think he was ready to be king at eight years old? 
If I was made prime minister at eight years old, I don't even know. My fiance knows, like, I know I sometimes I'm in the spotlight a lot, but I actually don't, it kind of freaks me out a bit because that's a lot of responsibility. And so for me, if I was made prime minister or king or queen at eight years old, that's scary stuff. But he did it with confidence because he knew that God could use him, even at eight years old, even though his father and grandfather before him had not given him any examples of what it meant to follow God. He followed God faithfully. So it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how young you are. Age is not a factor in God's economy. It does not matter. The second thing is that it doesn't matter where you've come from. As I said, Josiah did not come from a very good family line. If you look at the odds, the majority, like the odds were kind of against him that he would also be a bad king, that he would not be able to lead the people. They were kind of in this habitual pattern of not following God and instead worshiping idols. But Josiah changed that. So not only does it not matter how old you are, it doesn't, also does not matter where you come from. It does not matter if you come from a bad family line. It does not matter if you yourself in your past have committed grave sins. Because Pastor Vijay said this to me, I think, a few weeks ago. The day that matters to God is today. The day that matters to God is today. So it doesn't matter what you did yesterday or three years ago or 10 years ago or 50 years ago. Maybe you're 8, maybe you're 28, maybe you're 88, 108. If you are 108, congratulations, that's amazing. But it does not matter. It does not matter what you have done before. It does not matter where you've come from. Because God in his grace says, I can use you today. And I can turn all that bad stuff in your past into something amazing and good. And Josiah shows us that because he came from a very bad family line. And yet somehow at eight years old, he was following God with his whole heart. And by 16, he was impacting an entire nation. So kids, you can put on your crowns. But I, like I said, you can lend them to your parents because parents need to remember that. Like I think sometimes kids have a big faith. We remember, like we believe God can do big things. We believe we're invincible. I'm associating myself with kids right now. I don't know why, but we, I kind of believe that sometimes too. Like you can do anything. But as adults, we tend to get a bit cynical and we say, well, but there's this and this and like Sometimes we doubt more. I don't know why it's about, there's something about kids that just gives them this vibrant faith. So kids, I want you to give your parents your crown sometime this week and say, mom or dad or aunt or uncle, or maybe it's a friend you have, you need to wear your crown today. Because you can wear your crown at any age, no matter what you have done. And then after Josiah takes his place as rightful king, um, he decides a few years later that the temple needs to be cleaned out. Now, the temple in those days was the house of God. It was where his holy presence was known to reside. His spirit resided there in the Holy of Holies. And so God had commanded the people to maintain the temple and keep it clean because it was his home. And because God is holy, he wanted the place where he was living to be holy and clean and well-maintained. But I can imagine that because for several generations it had not been maintained, there's probably cobwebs in there, uh, maybe some layers of dust, and that people had actually put idols in God's temple, idols that they had worshipped other things instead of God in his own house. And so Josiah says, okay, this needs to stop. We need to clean out the temple. So he sends his secretary and a few other men whose names I'm not going to try to pronounce because Brie already did her lovely job. Um, he sent them to the temple to clean it out. And this is the second thing that we can do in order to let God change our hearts. And it's this, you need to check your heart. Because for us today, this church, this uh, theater, hate to break it to you, it's not a temple. 
I know it's awesome. And sometimes we come here and worship movie actors, which is bad. But um, it's not. There are no more temples for Christians. We don't all meet in one place where we believe God's presence is. Instead, when Jesus left earth, what did he say to his disciples? Does anyone know? What did he give them? His Holy Spirit. So Jesus actually said, I'm going to give my spirit to you, and when you follow me, his, his presence is going to come and dwell inside you. And in Corinthians, Paul tells us that our bodies are actually a temple of the Holy Spirit. And so what we can learn from Josiah's cleaning out the temple is that we need to clean out ourselves. Or rather, actually, we need to let God clean us out because we can't actually do it on our own. But our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. They're where God's Spirit resides. And often we let things get in there. We neglect to clean it out. We don't think about God for long periods of time. Maybe we let little idols sneak up in there. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's power. Maybe it's beauty. Maybe it's just um, you crave affection or attention, whatever it may be. We just tend to let our temples get a little dirty. And so I'm not saying this to shame you guys, but to rather say regularly we can check our hearts. We can clean out our temples. And um, when you do, if you find something in there that maybe isn't supposed to be in there, some dirt, some scum, some sin, maybe anger or unforgiveness, maybe jealousy or gossip or judgment, things like that, then um, there's going to be on the screen a little prayer that you can pray to God to help you clean out your heart. And it goes like this. Lord Jesus, have mercy on me and forgive me for this sin that is dirtying up my heart. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a faithful spirit in me. Amen. So if you want to check your heart, you just say, God, like, what is in my heart that maybe is... Um, I'm worshiping something other than you. What is in there that maybe is dirtying things up a bit? And then when he brings something to mind, because I'm pretty sure he will, he always does for me at least, then you can pray this prayer and, and just ask him to forgive you, and he will. And your heart can be clean like that. It's all it takes. Faith and prayer. And then the third thing that we can do is we can check the word. Because when Josiah went into, or when Josiah's people went into the temple, what did they find? The book of God's word. Yes, they found a scroll with the law on it. And um, there's actually one in this room somewhere, maybe. So kids, if you want to have a look around you, there might be a little scroll somewhere behind someone's seat. And if you find it, I need you to bring it to me. Don't eat any candy off the floor. <laughs> Did we find it? This could go very badly. It should be around here. Oh, there it is. Kyra, can you bring it up? It's Kyra is chafing in this case. She found the, the scroll in the temple. Come bring it. Can you read it for me, Kara? Do you think so? It's, it's not very long. It does have tape. What is it there? I don't know. What does it say? 
Do you know? Can you no. read my writing? No. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and serve him only. Ooh, thanks, Kyra. Why don't we give Kyra a round of applause? So the scroll was found, and this was not like a, this was not just any scroll. It was, I think, probably most historians agree that it's probably the book of Deuteronomy, so the book of the law was found. And it was read in King Josiah's presence, and then he was so, um, I guess you could say, taken aback by what he heard that he actually tore his clothes. Because when it was read to him, he just realized how far him and his people had gone from God. And it's then that he started to um, share this word with others. He read it in the assembly of all the community, as, as Bree said, from the greatest to the least of the people of Judah, and said, I'm going to follow this with all my heart and soul. Will you do the same? And they all cheered and said, yes, we will. And from that day forward, they did. And they ended up celebrating the religious festivals that God had instituted, like the Passover and things like that, um, once again. And so they started to turn back and be faithful to God again once his word was found. So Josiah was kind of already on this path to following God. He cleans out the temple, and then this uh, scroll is found, the word of the Lord, and he receives it with much joy and conviction. And so this is the reason that um, this is our third point, that we need to check the word, because what God's word is not just these stories. As I said, it's not just a lovely story that we go, oh, that's nice, God is good. But it's actually something that is living and active. It can shape our lives. And um, in 2 Timothy, it says that it's actually useful for teaching, correcting, rebuking, and training in righteousness. So if we want to let God transform our lives, then we need to let him speak into them through his word. And so we check the word. And ways that we can do this is first, you got to read it. Then you can learn it. And by learn it, I just mean, I think sometimes it's easy. Like I do this in my own devotions. We just read it. And then like probably two hours later, I'm like, what did I read again? And sometimes I only remember because I know what I read the day before because I'm going in order. Um, but what I mean by learn it is that you can do with God's word what we're doing right now in this sermon. You can look at it and say, okay, God, what is here today? Like, what do you want to say to me? Or sometimes maybe it's not even something that God wants to say to you. It's something he wants to say to someone else. So you can say, if it's not for me, is it for someone else? And then who is it for? Because Josiah read it and he tore his clothes because he knew part of it was for him. But then he also shared it with his people because he knew that they also needed to have encouragement and conviction and to turn their lives around from following idols. So those are the three things. If we want to change the world, we got to let God change our heart. And we can do this by wearing our crowns at any age, by checking our hearts and checking the word. And I want to tell you there are three things that happen when we do this. The first thing that obviously happened with Josiah is the people were changed, right? So when we follow God and we let him transform our heart, other people actually get changed by that. It's not just a, an individual thing. Faith is always a communal thing. And when we exercise our faith, other people are encouraged, other people are convicted, other people are transformed. The second thing that happened is that God actually got glory because people were no longer following idols. He was the only God that they worshipped for those years that Josiah was king. And so God actually gets glory when we let him transform our hearts. And then the third thing is that King Josiah was actually kept from a lot of bad things because of his faithfulness to God. So he didn't have to see 
a lot of the things that were going to happen to his people because they were actually bad for a really, really, really long time and eventually went into exile. But thankfully, God spared him from that, that he did not have to witness that. So we, we actually get blessing when we follow God and we get eternity with Jesus. Um, so we follow God with our whole hearts. We want to change the world. We let him change us. And we do that by wearing our crown, checking our hearts, and checking the word. And I want to tell you that there is someone that has already actually done all of that for us. I don't know if you guys know that. Every Gospel Project story has a Jesus connection. So our Jesus connection today is that Jesus is actually, he's like King Josiah. He's actually one of King Josiah's descendants. But he is the greater and better King Josiah because he was wholeheartedly following God. From the time he was born to eternity, because he's still alive, he has followed God with his whole heart. He followed God's covenant. He was faithful to it. So much so that he even was willing to die for us so that we could enter into a saving relationship with Jesus. So actually, Jesus is a King Josiah. He is one who has followed God with his whole heart faithfully and inspired a nation, a nation of Christians, to do the same. And so I hope that if you don't know Jesus and you're here today, then you can come talk. I won't be here because I have to go preach somewhere else, but you can come talk to Pastor BJ. He's the worship leader. Um, or Melissa, or talk to the person beside you, because uh, we really want you to know Jesus, because we believe that Jesus has an incredible saving power, and that he can transform our hearts, just like Josiah's actions tr helped to transform a nation. Uh, let's pray. Dear Lord, I just thank you so much for who you are, and that you are such an amazing and good God, that Josiah knew you were someone worth following with his whole heart, even if it meant going against the grain of what um, his parents had done and what his grandparents had done and what even his own nation was doing at the time, Lord. He faithfully followed you with confidence and that that um, inspired a huge culture shift in, in the kingdom of Judah, Lord. And I just pray that you would give each of us um, some supernatural courage and strength to wear our crowns no matter where we've come from and no matter how old we are or young we are, Lord, that you would just give us that supernatural courage to want to do that for you because we know that you are a God who is powerful and who can change us. And I pray that you would help us to check our hearts daily, Lord, to just um, have your Holy Spirit remind us that we need to do that and that we would not feel guilty or condemned for the things that we have done, but we would just experience a fresh outpouring of your grace when we do that, Lord, and just be reminded of your goodness. And I pray that we would be diligently in your word every day, Lord, because mm -hmm. that is how you speak to us. And we want to hear from you. We're, we, we are your people, and we want to communicate with you. So I just pray that you, through your Holy Spirit, would just remind us to do these things, Lord. And we do it all not for ourselves, but because we know that you are good, and we know that your plan for this world is good, and so we want to see it in action, and we know that we can be a part of that. We know that we can be game changers in our communities and in our families. And so I just pray this over this congregation today, Lord, that you would just uh, bless them with a supernatural spirit of courage to take their place as uh, heirs in Christ Jesus, as kings and queens in their own right. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to give you the benediction uh, because Kate has actually headed off to uh, uh, one of our partner churches, Connection. She's preaching uh, there this morning, and so that's happening all through the month of August. Um, but I just want to bless you with um, 
with the faith to believe because, uh, like I was praying, you know, when God says, hey, don't worship anything more than me, our immediate reaction is uh, to say, well, why? Why, why? why do you want that? You know, we're, we're suspect. Anybody else who would say that to us can't be trusted. You know, but I'm reminded all the time that God doesn't need anything from it. If nobody in the world worshipped him, he would still be glorious. And if everybody stopped worshiping the Olympics, they wouldn't run it anymore because nobody would televise it because nobody wants to see it. Every other bit of glory in the world needs fans to be glorious. If the fans say no, it isn't glorious anymore except God. He has been and always been beautiful and glorious, and if everybody else rejects him, he is not diminished. So he doesn't need us to stay beautiful. <laughs> he just is. And so when something that beautiful and that glorious says, come to me, look at me, read about me, know me, come close to me, it's because he wants something for us. And so I just want to bless you with the faith to believe that that's the kind of God that he is. Would you receive that?